Good evening, Browns fans, and welcome to OBR Weekly for January 11th, 2023. My name is Barry McBride. I am the publisher and the web dork of the uh, Orange <laughs> Brown Report. Uh, my job is to sit here and ask questions from the room, so please start populating the chat room with your questions for Mr. Freddie Greedham, who provides the actual knowledge and insight for the program. How's it going, Freddie? It's going good. Well, that's good to hear. You got a that's new name. You got a new name for me. Well, uh, you never called me Freddie before. Oh, really? That's the first time I called you Freddie. Uh, I, 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 I usually so. just call you the. I, I usually just call you the legend. The legend, Fred. The legend, Greedo. Well, <clears throat> that's all right. You can call me whatever you want. <clears throat> all right, there, Roscoe. Doing good. Let's let's roll. Uh, as I said before, this show is uh, always powered by your comments and questions. Uh, if if not, it's just Fred and I just talking about whatever and me making up stuff as I go. Uh, and no one wants that. So please hit us up with your questions and uh, let's rock and roll. Um, and uh, I've got some things I want to talk about, but one of them uh, is not the Pittsburgh game. Uh, the Pittsburgh game has happened since we last chatted here last Wednesday. Um, you know, the Cleveland Browns, I, I think, uh, objectively speaking, because I'm so objective, uh, the Cleveland Browns, I think, have more talent than the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in, in everything other than uh, interior defensive line and pass <clears throat> rushers. Um, but they lost, and I don't want to talk about it. In general, do you do you have anything you want to say about that Pittsburgh Steelers game, Fred, or do you just want to leave it in the past? Well, I talked about it going into that game, is that the Steelers always find ways to win. And I agree, the Browns have more talent on the roster. And not even talk about the Browns. I really thought the Steelers were in for a four and 13, five and 12 season yep. with a rookie quarterback and all that. And here they are, you know, scraping and clawing and getting to what nine and eight. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. That just shows you <clears throat> that you can build a culture and just keep finding a way. And I think a lot of it's with Mike Tomlin, you know, and I think it was a big deal to him not to have a losing record. He never had a losing record. Think about right. that since 2007. If we had a coach had a non-losing record for two years in a row, he'd probably get a statue or or a parade downtown. Right. You know, and yet with that team, they find a way to to get to nine and eight. I just think they're tougher, they're more physical, and they wanted it more. You know, I know T.J. Watt's good, but my goodness, they were like one and six without him when he plays. I mean, they win. I don't know what it is. They win like eight games. It's it's seven, eight games. It's ridiculous. It's just I mean, I think Miles Garrett is everything as much as T.J. Watt, but he doesn't mm -hmm. impact the game like Watt does. And mm -hmm. and I, I'm not just saying Watt's stats. He only had like a half a sack in that game, but he opens it up for all them other guys. You know, Larry Ogunjobi had as many sacks as Miles Garrett did. Right. And that's probably right. the best defensive tackle the Browns have had 
you know, in the last three years and they let him go. So it's just frustrating, you know, to see, you know, a team do what they do year after year. And I thought the Browns missed a major opportunity to go over there and pick it up and take it to the next level, pick up where they left off in the Washington game and Mm -hmm. go out and put together four quarters, especially in offense and outscore the Steelers. And yet they went right back to the same offensive production that they had in the previous, you know, four games before Washington. So now you're scratching your head saying, is Watson really the guy or not? I mean, he goes, he was under duress and it actually brought up more questions than answers. Seven sacks. I mean, the offensive line was the problem in that game. They didn't give him a second to throw the ball. Um, and it just dominoed from there. Yeah, they, they were able to tee off against the Browns. And uh, uh, once again, uh, uh, Hayward uh, was a nightmare uh, for the Browns, uh, who just seemed to have trouble with uh, uh, interior defensive linemen who uh, uh, are – high quality players and uh, they had three pass rushers, not including Nogan Joby's sack uh, who just made their lives absolutely miserable, you know, and uh, the Browns have one guy who uh, can dominate the Steelers have a couple. And uh, that game was horrible. I, I, I was just watching with my head in my hands. That's why I don't want to talk about it. Um, let, let's, let's just, Let's back off from that game. It's a bad memory. Hopefully, we don't when we don't have to relive a little bit. Let's uh, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit more generally about 2022 before we move on to the coaching situation, uh, which I'm sure is going to dominate our our, our evening tonight. Um, <laughs> as you look back on 2022, Fred, um, there were there were lots of things that went wrong. You know, the 11 game suspension probably being you know, leader of the list, but that's not a correctable issue. What do you think uh, uh, is the biggest correctable issue on this team? The biggest thing that they can fix during this off season, um, you know, through moves by the front office. Uh, you know, if you, if you, if you were Andrew Berry and you had, to write a, a, a top five list of things to fix on the chalkboard, uh, what would be number one on that list? Well, number one is overhaul or correct the defense. Start with making it tougher all the way around. And I think it's that's why this defensive coordinator hire to me is the most important move of the offseason because I Kevin Stefanski is what he is. I do not feel like he's tough enough. He's not, um, you know, it really bothers me that in the seventh game of the year, we find out that Jadavian Clowney says, you know, I I, I don't think I want to go back in. I think I'm hurt. And they, yeah. they obviously, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt. And once they discovered that maybe he wasn't hurt and he was refusing to go in the game, They should have made a move whether they cut him right then and there or send a much uh, greater signal to the team because a lot of the guys acted like they didn't even know that that occurred. 
Right. That was a very important game. In fact, you could call it a pivotal point in the game. They lost that game. We all know they had a chance, had a touchdown taken away, had a field goal blocked. A lot of things went wrong at the end. But I, seven games, that means they played 10 more with, with that lingering that the defensive end was calling the shots. And, and I don't think Stefanski or Joe Woods, you know, were tough enough on the situation. And so I don't know if Stefanski's going to change his demeanor, mm-hmm. his the way he handles things, but I sure hope he does. But I do think he leaves a lot to the defensive coordinator to run it. And I think Joe Woods had more of the personality of Stefanski. I think they need a tough-minded guy, Jim Schwartz or Brian Flores or someone that's been there, done that, step in and set down the law and the defense. I realize the head coach is overall, but they have to get that turned around. It was obviously, you didn't hear a lot of squawking on the offense, but -hmm. all the squawking and mistakes and discipline, there was four we know about on defense. Four players got disciplined, even though it might've been a game or, or inactive or one play or three plays or a series but they got to get that corrected and come together as a team. But I think it starts with the defense. They have to get their act together, whether it's communication, upgrade the talent, but they have to have a voice that's been there, done that. I don't want a guy that's just learning on the job. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a rare individual to me that can step in and this is his first offense or defensive coordinator position. You don't want a guy learning on the job that very well could be what they do, but you think on the other aspect that Kevin Stefanski, if he hires Brian Flores or he hires Jim Schwartz, he could be hiring his replacement because one of the reasons they did not fire Stefanski this year was because of other things on offense and, and Watts and all that, but he didn't mm-hmm. have any, on the staff really that was head coach material you know right. right now in my opinion now if you get flurries for sure he turned around a dolphin team i'm looking at his stats i don't even know why he was fired to be honest i think it was nine and eight unless it was all that tom brady sean payton type of stuff yeah it was clashes with the uh, upper management yeah but um and Jim Schwartz, I go back with him to Belichick. He was uh, he was like an intern starting out with Belichick, back with Scott Pioli and Phil Savage and all those guys. Mm-hmm. And he's been a head coach. He's been a defensive coordinator when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I think he's very good, knows what he's doing. I would be happy with either of them. I would lean towards Schwartz uh, more so maybe than Flores at this point. Cause I don't know what you're getting there. You got a guy who's got a lawsuit against the NFL. He might get a head coaching job anyway. Um, yeah. so I just think you need somebody, this is a very important hire. And you said about changing things. Sure. You need some more players, but you need a guy. And we've talked about defensive tackle. Jim Schwartz has been known for developing defensive tackles and turning them into pro bowlers. Look at the guys on the Eagles. He's been really good in that area. That's what I think the number one deficit is on this Browns defense, is they don't have any run stoppers. And he might say, no, 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 I don't even want this job. Or, yeah, I identify what can be done here or who we can bring in 
and get this done. Yeah. Well, I think we're 11 minutes into the program. I think we got it solved pretty much, you know. If they would just ask me once in a while, I think it'd be done. I, you know, you and I are pretty much in agreement so far. You know, uh, I don't know if you have the misfortune of reading the newswire, but uh, I wrote this morning about Schwartz and bringing in somebody with some experience and not having guys learn on the job. And you and I sound very much alike, which should very much well, alarm you, you at this point. You Fred. know what? But, uh, you know what? This morning, I was very busy today in fact i we had a meeting this morning and i had to do some other things so i didn't get to read the newswire completely and i saw the headlines and i thought it was about anthony schwartz i forgot you know so um i'm like why are they writing about that guy so anyway yeah i agree with that i agree and and i just think that you just need a different voice. So I don't know how it went today. I don't know if it's just window dressing and they already have somebody that they want to hire. Um, right. But I just want somebody that's kind of been there, done that. Greg Williams, you can say what you want, but he had been there and done that. And he did a good job with the defense. He had, I don't think they had the players then. That's why he's playing them 30 yards off the ball. But I want an aggressive attacking type of coach. Right, right. Well, uh, let, let's turn that around before we uh, start talking about the uh, defensive coordinator again. Uh, as you look back on 2022, I don't know if you can answer this. I don't know if there is one that you can point to. But uh, in terms of pleasant surprises, was there anything that you would point to that you would say this was a pleasant surprise as far as the Cleveland Browns were concerned in 2022? Uh, as you look back on the team. So I'm going to put you on, on defense the spot there. On defense, I'm going to say Grant Delpit. I mean, by the, in the middle of the season, I was ready to run him off that this guy's a bust. But then he, he started making plays and was playing well, I felt, and tackling and maybe not as a free safety, but more as an in-the-box, you know, run stopper and, you know, tackler. He was probably involved in that blown coverage against mm -hmm. the Steelers. I'm not sure, but he doesn't seem to be the best cover guy. But I think he could be, you know, a guy that could, could you know, you can get some help in stopping the run. He seems, you know, aggressive. And he made some turnovers, made some plays. On offense, I think Donovan Peoples-Jones, you know, showed, you know, some big strides this year that I'm still not ready to say he's a true – I, he's a number two receiver, but I would like a receiver either ahead of Cooper, probably not though, but between Cooper and Peoples-Jones. I think you need a for sure number two veteran receiver, and but I think Peoples-Jones made a long uh, showed that he can be a solid player for the Browns and going right. forward, he didn't do anything to dissuade me that he couldn't do that. Yeah, some interesting uh, comments in the chat. Rock, Rocky Balboa says uh, Ethan Posick. Uh, e. Gillen said uh, Ford and Emerson. Ten Watt uh, mentions Amari Cooper. Uh, I'm with E. Gillen on uh, Martin Emerson Jr. Uh, when he was picked, uh, I think most Browns fans and so-called experts were uh, just thinking, you know, who the heck is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
Didn't think much of him, and he's turned out to be a heck of a third-round pick uh, based on his first year here. Who's uh, that? Emerson? Uh, yeah, Emerson. He Emerson. was a fifth-round pick, wasn't he? Or no, no he I, was a third-round. He was yeah, their he, top pick, you're right. You know, I disagree a little bit with him. I, I heard everybody raving about this guy all year, and yet mm-hmm. I just, you know, I, he is a rookie. But I kept third and 15 last week. Boom, first down on him. Yeah. Big play, holding, pass interference. I mean, he seemed to be the guy they the other team went after almost every time, even though, yeah. I mean, it was notable on that fourth and one, the, the brain-dead Chargers you know, went forward at midfield and he, they picked, they went right at him. He was guarding Mike Williams. He did break it up, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I I mean, I know that he was a rookie, but I saw him get beat and picked on a lot this year. Not that all of the corners didn't. Um, I like that he was a little tougher, maybe a little more physical, but I think that goes back to what I was saying earlier on defense. I don't want him sitting back there and letting him catch it and then trying to tackle him. Get up on him and shut him down at the line of scrimmage. Quit letting these receivers and be so soft down the field. That's what drives you crazy. Third mm-hmm. and 15, they give up a first down, you know, and those are things that kill you. On that long drive, I think the Steelers had like six third downs, you know. To, yep. And it was like, it kills you. Oh, it was just, it was humiliating. You know, but uh, I, I'll I'll take a note that you're not as sold on Emerson as uh, as I am and and others are, uh, and uh, pay attention to that as we uh, head into 2023. Uh, but uh, good. Well, there were some pleasant surprises on the Browns in 2022. Hopefully, more in store next year. Uh, uh, I hope. Um, well, you know, after the travesty on Sunday concluded, the next day the team moved on from. Defensive coordinator Joe Woods, obviously. Uh, at this point, that's the sole move that the team has made on the coaching staff. Although uh, when uh, Barry and Stefanski talked to the media on Monday, they sort of said that they were indicated that they were reviewing the situation with special teams coach uh, Mike Prefer. Uh, Fred, do you think if something was going to happen with the special teams coach that we would have heard about it already? Uh, now that it's Wednesday night or. Yeah, I can't believe they wouldn't have, you know, met by now. You know, I just, the only thing about that, I didn't think they're going to let go of Prefer. He, he seemed to have a, when we talked to him last Thursday, he felt assured that he was going to return. He said he was under contract, all those type things. Um, yeah, I, I just thought Stefanski left wiggle room by not saying, no, he's coming back. He said, well, until I talk to everybody, I don't want to make any, you know, or he didn't rule out, you know, letting them go. So I don't know. I mean, now that we don't get a chance to talk anymore, ask any questions, um, it's easy to just send out a release. We've, you know, we've parted ways with so-and-so or whatever, but, I don't know at this point, you know, it's like, okay, if the guy kicks it through the upright, you're a great coach. If he misses it, you're a lousy coach, you know, and if you have a guy run like people's Jones returned it for a touchdown, oh, it's a great play Ford had some returns. I don't know how much difference it makes to be honest, 
to me, the difference is being able to put together things like the Jets did and execute the punter throwing a, a fake and catching them totally napping, you know, or blocking the kick or blocking a punt, you know, those type of things. You never see that from the Browns. They, they don't do anything like that. And so I wouldn't be surprised either way with prefer. Um, I think it was painful enough for Stefanski to move on from Joe Woods. I think it would be doubly if he does prefer as well. You know, so, yeah, I would have thought you'd have heard something by now. Yeah. Um, uh, we, you know, cleanliness during runbacks, you know, in terms of penalties, stuff like that. You know, I didn't see, you know, dramatic improvements in, in, in that realm. But, you know, he got a new punter, a new place kicker, a new kick returner, a new punt returner. Um, Bajorquez, very good, I thought. This year, Cade York struggled, but, you know, uh, at least he's the answer uh, for now, uh, at least going into next year. It's not a mystery. Jerome Ford, I thought, was fantastic. Uh, In DPJ, I think those guys saved his job, you know, in my opinion. Uh, And I agree with you that in other realms, uh, you know, sort of the same old, same old, but uh, probably enough to save his job. Uh, one final question on on Joe Woods. Uh, I saw uh, interviews on the on talk radio, which you know I, I don't take too seriously these days. But uh, um, unless I'm on it, right? Unless, unless of course it's you. In which case, I was on for just, an hour this afternoon doing a season recap. So on, just on, wanted to uh, make that eleven on eleven hundred. You know that is yes. like. That is like holy writ. That is that is you got to take that. But on these other stations, I'm hearing people say, "Oh well, you know, Joe Woods, he was a scapegoat." You know, are are you buying into any of that? That he got sort of scapegoated for systemic failures within the team, or uh, do you think that this is they were basically making the right decision with Joe Woods? That, uh, you know. I think they made the right decision because of this. I blame this season beside the the suspension. That's another topic on the defensive failure. I mean, they last year in the last 11 games, seven of the games, they held the opponent to 16 points or less. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the year, the defense was giving up about 20, 21 a game. The reason last year they lost more than they won is because the offense couldn't score any points right by Baker Mayfield, whether it was his injury or whatever. So they had played well down the stretch. They were returning nine of their 11 starters and they were adding depth. They added, you know, uh, the draft picks, Emerson and Brian and, and some of those young guys were a year older and they were drafting Winfrey and everybody thought, okay, they're going to pick up from where they left off and they should be a top 10, maybe even a top five defense. Because the problem in 21 was we, we kept hearing Joe Woods say they were all new guys. They were all learning the system for the first time and the communication and all that was understandable. And in the second half of the year, 
it looked like a different defense. So why in the world, if you're bringing back the same guys in the same defense, why wouldn't you expect them to pick it up where they left off? And what did they do? Gave up 30 or more points in five of the first 10 games and mm -hmm. single-handedly lost enough games to put you out of the playoffs. That four-game right. losing streak starting with the Falcons was the end of the season. They right. went from what two and one to two and two and five. And you know, they never recovered. And starting with the Falcons game, I keep pointing to it in the second half when they put in Caleb Huntley off the practice team because uh Cordell Patterson got injured. They gave him the ball 10 straight times. He ran oh. 75 yards. It was like they said, Hey Browns. We're going to give it to this guy right here, and he's going right down your throat. Yeah. And they did it play after play after play. And the Browns are getting blown off the ball all the way down the field. And the Falcons did that the whole second half and won the game. That game could have cost the Browns the playoffs. Oh, you could go right bro. down the Jets game, the Chargers game. The defense blew it all the way. All they had to do was hold them once or twice. And you're talking about – a nine and eight, 10 and seven team, even with the suspension of Watson. So yeah, they played a little better down the stretch, but it was a silver lining in my opinion that they, if, if you're going to not make the playoffs, you might as well be totally exposed. And I think everybody saw this defense isn't as good as everybody was thinking it was going to be, whether it's the players, whether it's the scheme, but you cannot wait till the end of the season, the second half, to start playing better. Greg Newsom told me that the other day. John Johnson told me that a day. John Johnson, I wrote a story about it. We got to have a sense of urgency from day one. Yeah. And they didn't. And Joe yeah. Woods points to, you know, at the end of the year, we were doing good. It's too late. It was too late in the previous season. But everybody gave you a little slack because you had a new team. So... That's why I said this hire is so important. You got to get somebody that hits the ground running and doesn't change everything. Oh, I need a whole new system. I need new guys. I need a three, four, because I don't think they can do that. Right. Or they're going to be trying to change on the fly again. And, you know, whatever you want to say about the suspension, it just didn't work the transition from Brissett to Watson. You know, it was, I know they wanted to get him ready, but they might have been better for a game or two, you know, with Brissett. It's just the way it was just awkward. You were you were out of the playoffs, in my opinion, when you made the transition. So they just said, let's go for broke and hopefully he can run the table. Yeah, he, exactly. I mean, you might as well trot Watson out there at that point. They were out of it anyway, you know, at, at that point in, in our division. Um but, you know, here's my theory, uh, another cockamamie berry theory. But if you're on the air saying that Woods was a scapegoat after that performance by that team, and you just took me through nightmare land, you know, with some of those examples from, from the 2022 season, what that means is that you put the blame elsewhere, right? You must hate analytics, or you think Stefanski's the problem, if you're saying that Woods was the scapegoat, oh, you know, you think Deep Podesta's influence is too significant, uh, Woods is a scapegoat. 
you know, or you think Stefanski shouldn't be calling plays, so Woods is a scapegoat. If you think that those things are largely okay, then Woods in the defense was the problem, and that is sort of my analysis. I don't think he's a scapegoat at all. I think you've identified the problem, right? Those other things could be problems. We're going to find out in 2023. But uh, I don't think that you can necessarily nail that down uh, at this point in time. Just my take. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the guys who are uh, on the docket uh, as potential defensive coordinators. Already I invited in for interviews. Uh, we have Jared Mayo, uh, just four years of experience as a coach with the Patriots, very much a player's coach. He doesn't call plays for the, the Pats. That's Steve Belichick's job. Uh, fast riser. Uh, in the uh, uh, coaching ranks. Uh, people are looking at him as a head coaching candidate. Apparently blew the Eagles away during interviews a couple of years ago. Uh, we've got Sean Desai. Hopefully I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. He's uh, been coaching defense since 2013. Uh, he is not uh, – he has one year of experience as a defensive coordinator. He was a defensive coordinator for the Bears in 2021. Uh, he's an associate head coach, defensive assistant for the Seahawks. Apparently, he's done a good job this year. Brian Flores, I think everybody knows his his history. He's a defensive assistant for the Steelers. Look at the job the Steelers have done this year. Head coach with the Dolphins, pretty much did a fine job down there. Was fired for reasons you know uh, undetermined. Uh, Belichick tree as well. And then, of course, Jim Schwartz. Uh, I just uh, read a story from uh, Jake Burns, which will be going live tonight or tomorrow early, uh, where he takes a look at Schwartz from the X's and O's perspective as well as his background. Pretty damn convincing. I was pretty convinced on Schwartz going into this, uh, even more after reading Jake's story. Uh, when that goes live, I highly advise that uh, uh, any OBR reader dive into that. Um, Schwartz is an experienced defensive coordinator, 14 years, three teams, five years as a head coach of the Lions. Um, so of those four guys, Schwartz is, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, like the old Sesame street jingle. One of these things, uh, is not like the others. Um, he is, uh, uh, very much the experienced and, uh, among that group. So uh, I think I already know who the early leader in the Greetham clubhouse is. Uh, do you have a close second uh, behind Schwartz there, Fred? Well, I, th I think of these candidates, Flores, I already said I want somebody that's been there, done that. Um, and if I remember right, Flores was at Miami when the trade, when the Dolphins had everything worked out for Deshaun Watson to go to. Miami, but the owner vetoed it until Watson got all his lawsuits settled, and that didn't happen. I was understanding that Watson and Flores wanted to work together. I don't know if that would be as a defensive coordinator, beyond, you know, if that has any influence, probably not. <clears throat> but that is one thing possibly, you know, positive there. But I just think that, yeah, to me, I think Schwartz – is the guy he's already had his chance as a head coach, but he's done well, you know, on defensive side. 
you know, originally I wanted somebody, you know, like a Mike Zimmer, you know, that you're trying to look at ties with Stefanski and he was over Stefanski. And so you, somebody like that, that knows what they're doing, that can get the thing fixed day one says, I need this player. I need this player. Boom. I just felt like, you know, they didn't really, they could, you had just too much. I don't see all these communication. Do you watch NFL games and see guys running, you know, loose all the time in the secondary, always pointing at each other? No. Right. And, and so that tells me that there's something going on, you know, on the defense. Joe Wood's a great guy. I like him a lot as a person, but I just think it's time. He had three years. He pretty much, you know, was the point where it was time to put up or shut up. And unfortunately, that's where Stefanski's at. He That's usually, okay, they, they blame the coordinators, move on, but he better get this right um, or he's going to be gone, in my opinion, right. unless, you know, I, I think Barry and him, all those guys are aligned, they agree, but they're not winning games. They're like back-to-back losing seasons, you know, and it's just – it's just got to turn around. And I just think if you could get the defense, you know, back to even this year, hold a team to 20 or less, which I don't think is unrealistic. The defense was doing that pretty much last year, not this year. I think Watson, the offense will figure it out. I mean, Mm -hmm. if Watson would have come in and they would have scored the 30 points a game, like, I think that they would be capable when everything's working. You might say, you know, the defense isn't that big of a deal. The Chiefs won their first year when they started making a run with Mahomes. They were winning 42, 41, 48, 45. Their defense was terrible. But they went out and got that fixed. But the Browns have to get, you know, I I really think the offense, you know, after the full offseason – I'm optimistic that Watson will be back to his prior form. And if they're scoring 30 a game or more, it's going to take a lot of pressure off the defense. But unfortunately this year, the defense let them down and that's why they're not in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. They need to buttress the uh, uh, wide receiver core a little bit, I think. Um, And we are in the uh, buzz forum in uh, uh, on on our forums, starting to take a look at what who some of the wide receivers are out there that they may be able to take a look at, trade for, you know, look at in free agency, so on and so forth. Um, now, you know, among these candidates, you know, you've got Mayo and uh, Flores, who you know maybe have head coaching ambitions. Uh, if you're Kevin Stefanski, Andrew Barry. Uh, does that, you know, figure into your calculus at all that these guys might be gone at the end of next year or the year after that? Or if you're Kevin Stavansky, do you want to be looking over your shoulder at a guy who uh, uh, might make a wonderful interim head coach? I mean, does that figure into things at all for you? I would hope. I would hope not. Um, you want an up-and-coming guy. Um you know, I think Joe Woods had the prime opportunity. He wanted to be a head coach. They go to the playoffs the first year. Everybody's like, the Browns are on. They're going to start getting rated. 
And then he, then he had two bad years in a row. I mean, mm -hmm. there's no yeah. excuse. I mean, and so I guess what I don't want is an audition. I want somebody that's been there, done that, you know, that's already mm -hmm. done this thing. I wanted that more with a head coach to begin with. They settled on Stefanski. Fine. That's, that's who you're going to have because him and Andrew Barry sat at that. They are joined at the hip and you can throw D Podesta in there. Um, but if they don't win next year, I believe above them will make a change. And I don't know if it'll be both the coach and the general manager, but it'd definitely be the coach. And so I just think you got to get somebody that can fix your defense pronto. I mean, like right now, get them performing together and none of these miscommunications, pointing the fingers at each other, getting rammed right down your throat, stop the running game. Obviously mm -hmm. you got to get some personnel, but got to get it fixed. You got to somebody kind of identify it. Yep. Jobs are on the line. Uh, I would be a little bit risk averse if I am Kevin Stefanski, uh, not taking chances on, uh, on things, but uh, that's just me. Uh, if you're Andrew Barry, uh, how much say do you want the new defensive coordinator to have in personnel changes? Do you want to say make it work with the people you have, or are you willing to listen to someone who comes in and says, these defensive tackles, I'm sorry, you're going to have to get this guy and that guy uh, if you want me to come in here and coach this defense? Well, I think he's – they probably any candidate would have looked at all the film and, well, you know – have already made up their mind whether they think they can do anything with it or not. Um, but I think that they have to also, they have to be very careful because you can't just give carte blanche. If a guy is a traditional three, four guy, I think Flores, didn't they run a three, four in new England and Miami? And if that's the case, I know there's kind of a lot of hybrid, but you got personnel. I do not see Miles Garrett as really an outside linebacker. It always throws me when I look at the Steelers and they have Larry Elgin Joby on their, you know, as a defensive end, and TJ Watt is an outside linebacker. You know, right. they stand up and and so the personnel you have now Clowney's like obviously gone, but Garrett, I just don't see him in a three-four. I don't know, but you got corners, you got some safeties, you got to have a scheme that works with your players or else you're going to have to get rid of everybody and start all over. I mean, what do you do with JOK, an undersized linebacker? What right. do you do with Phillips? What do you do with, you know, John Johnson? What do you do with Delpit? You know, so, yeah, I think they got to look hard. I think they it will be good to get some – you know, if you get a Schwartz, Flory, some of these guys come in and say, look, I don't want this job unless you, you got to get bigger here. You got to do that. Maybe that'll help them make some decisions because you mm -hmm. and I, a year ago, were sitting there going, you got to get defensive tackles. You got to get linebackers to stop the run. Mm -hmm. They never did. They just said, oh, that's because they didn't get the takeaways this year early in the wow. season. It exposed it. You yeah. know, that Falcons game, I keep alluding to that long drive. You know, if he would have fumbled on the 10-yard line, the Browns got it, everybody forgot about it. 
Browns won, you know, hey, because those takeaways keep erasing your faults. And they didn't get the takeaways until the last few games, and it exposed their lack of being able to stop the run. Right, right. Uh, last Barry question before we dive into the uh, other questions uh, from the chat room. Uh, Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski, uh, whisper sweet nothings to the media uh, at the end of the season press conference on Monday. They talked a little bit about dismissing Woods. They talked about their disappointment in the season. Hey, we should have done better, blah, blah, blah. Uh, any major takeaways that you pulled from that press conference, Fred, uh, that, uh, that we should note? No, I mean, to be honest, I, th I think that's a waste of time because, mm -hmm. you know, the season's over and they still don't want to give any secrets away. You know, it's like, yeah. why can't you just at least let it rip on somebody? Yeah, we were really, we were so disappointed with Clowney. We should have run him out of town, you know, week seven, but they don't ever want to say anything. They won't say anything about the future. They won't say anything about the past other than we got to do better. We're going to look at everything to fix, you know, blah, right. blah, blah. You'd like that little freshness. But, you know, I wrote about the takeaways. I think the takeaway was more so, I think Watson, when we talked to him, he said, I'm not going to talk about it here, but I'm going to have a man-to-man -man talk with Kevin Stefan. I can tell he don't like some things in this offense. Right. and 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 so – I think that's part of it. He's got to be comfortable and do what he does best. And so hopefully Stefanski will mold it. I mean, I realize he had to do 11 games without Watson. So he had to worry about Brissett. But my goodness, it didn't even look like he knew, like he was running anything any different, even though the looks were different. The offense just, I don't know. There were some little differences, but you just didn't see – what you were expecting, some wide open explosive. You saw glimpses of it. Right. So as far as takeaways, Stefanski did not say for sure he was going to call the plays. Um, you know, it's kind of like the prefer that I haven't talked to him and then nothing ever gets done. I think that was a good way to answer it if he wasn't going to fire him, you know, so you didn't get – but you just don't have, I don't know if you listen to it, but you just don't have a chance to do any follow-ups. It's not intimate. The 10, 12 of us that go out there every day, it would have been different if it would have been allowed to do that. But it's wall-to-wall, -wall, every outlet on TV, and and everybody's trying to get a question in, so they their voice gets heard on their TV station or their radio. And so, and it's everybody yelling at once, and you got to just kind of keep yelling and hopefully you're the everybody else gives up. If if you could have a follow-up question like, okay, since that is, but you don't, you get one and done. And yeah, you know, it, it so you don't get any really any I don't any meat out of the thing. Same way with we'll have a draft pre-draft, and it's like, yeah, there's a lot of good players in this draft, and we're gonna try to take <laughs> the best one that we can. Oh, okay. There's some golden information, you know? So all those I mean, amazing revelations. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I don't agree with you have to, you know, cut down people and all that, but you, you just could be a little more Frank, you know, with some things and what went wrong and this and that. And, you know, I just feel like, Anything, some things they don't want to admit that they made a mistake, and other things, 
you know, it's just, just not a lot of information and right. we're kind of the, they're the smart people. We're the idiots. You know, if you say, how about, you know, even the questions, a lot of the questions I had down were asked too, is that getting bigger, more physical on the de- defensive line and linebacker. Well, we'll look at everything. I mean, come on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, so, no hints about strategy or anything like that. Just, you know, blather. So Rocky Balboa, there's the answer to your question. No, no one learned anything from the press conference and and no one ever does. Um, so uh, enough of that. Um Fumble13 asks, would you resign Posick or let Harris take over the center job? Any opinions on that, Fred? Well, they're low on money. And if there's other areas you got to fix, I don't know. <clears throat> they saw Posick all year and I heard he graded out well and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah, he did. But Harris is on a cheap contract still, rookie contract, so they don't have to pay him more. Is, the, is it that much different? And if it's that much different, yeah. But why did the guy never play with Seattle? And why did they sign him to one-year minimum type deal? Because nobody else thought he was really that good and he was just going to be your backup center. Okay, it was great they had him. But with that said, they drafted a center last year. They they have done. They developed into a center. I don't know what they really think. You know, the guys that look at the film, they might know, but these grades don't mean a lot to me. Is is what they saw in Harris and Posick the same, or is like Posick here and Harris is there? If they say he's significantly better than we thought he was, they better they better resign him. Mm-hmm. If they don't, if they think, well, he's about the same, then you go you just go back to plan one because Obviously, there was no talk about Posick taking over for Harris. If you know, they didn't even talk about them battling for the job. It was right. Harris's job, and we're bringing in Posick to back him up as insurance. Uh, Harris had only started and played one game at center. You know, yeah. so they had a lot of faith in him. So I would think they still do. But yeah, Posey just happened to do better than anyone expected, and he'll hit the free agent market. And I think it all depends on how high the bidding goes, right? If he prices themselves out of their their reach, then they'll say, "Okay, see ya. We got a center already." I, I just think that's the way it'll go. Uh, Fumble thirteen asks about Prefer, and uh, we already talked about that. We think they're probably going to keep him based on. Uh, the, the silence that we've heard so far. Um, there's a couple of questions here. We'll, we'll take a- a- Amatora One's question uh, about Flores being a 3-4 guy. Uh, in your mind, how much of a big deal is that since most defenses nowadays seem fairly versatile? Um, we've been saying on the OBR, I think, for a number of years that 3-4 versus 4-3 tends to be kind of overrated. Uh, but you do, if you have a 3-4, you do need a big space eater in the middle of that defensive line. You do need some personnel, it's a little bit different personnel than you need for a four three. Um, do you think it's a huge deal, Fred? Well, I think they just have to look at it and, you know, they build it for a four three, but if they think, well, we got to replace a couple of these guys anyway, then you get, 
Barry said that he was going to, you know, this was an interesting question, a takeaway. He was asked about, you know, the scheme and all that on the defensive coordinator. He said, well, the players, you know, adding guys on defense said a lot of it will depend on the new defensive coordinator and the scheme that they're going to run. But then he threw it and, and what Kevin wants run. And you're like, okay, so who's, so is that leading you to believe that Joe Woods was the guy that put together the defense, the players, the type of players, the small athletic guys, or was that Kevin Stefanski or was that Andrew Barry? You know, it was really vague. And so he said, when he said something about the new defensive coordinator and a lot of that will determine what type of players we get. And you're like, okay, well, I don't know what you're talking about, but that's kind of how they do things. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. Let's uh, let's go on to some other questions. Uh, question from red leader uh, asking me if we can get a player to join us for a stream. Well, you know, we probably could. Uh, we've talked about it in the past. It's something that we've never really pursued. Uh, players very often aren't uh, anxious to, you know, speak frankly because they might get in trouble. Uh, alumni sometimes are more anxious to speak frankly. Uh, I would not uh, ask questions because I tried doing that. I tried going into locker rooms and being a real reporter, and I'm no good at it. But uh, Fred is very good at it. So maybe an OBR weekly where I take the night off and uh, Fred asks questions would probably be a better fix for, fit for that. But that's certainly something we can think about uh, with alumni or current players uh, and uh, mixing it up a little bit here. That, that'd be a welcome relief. You wouldn't have to put up with me for a week or two, Fred. So that'd be good. Yeah, or, or you can you can do it with your questions and, and I can laugh at you. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like, I think long range, some of the things we'd like to do, I think some of it is we can get sponsorships and do some other things as well. Makes mm -hmm. it a little more all the way around worth everybody's while. Um, and so we just try to expand the audience and, and just keep building. That's kind of why we've been doing this regularly for as long as we have to try to, you know, expand and grow and all that. Yeah. We're, uh, we're trying new things, different things on the site and we're going to be trying more new stuff uh, over the course of this next year. A lot of new stuff. Uh, 10 Watt asks, did Barry or Stefanski say the word win one time in the press conference on Monday, you recall the word when being said at all, Fred? Apparently, Tim Watt does not. I have the transcripts, but I would think so. We didn't win enough games. There was some of those type comments, I think, but I'd have to look at it to pick that apart. You know, they obviously didn't win enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we could have done better. I'm sure there were a lot of statements like that. Fumble 13 asks a second round, second round pick at 43, I believe. Wide receiver and defensive tackle. Man, we're going to be talking about this in the month of March and April, mostly in April. Um, wide receiver or defensive tackle. If you had to pick a need and fill it in the draft, uh, which way would you go, Fred? If they had to take them in the draft. I'd probably say defensive tackle. Listen, I 
I think wide receiver is a major priority, the number one priority on offense. And you don't get a guy, unless it's Jamar Chase, you don't really get a guy that steps right in. There's not too many wide receivers that you take, unless you take them right at the top of the draft, that make an impact immediately. They need an immediate impact. You cannot take a David Bell, uh, Anthony Schwartz, a Micah Woods. They might be guys down the road that do something. You need a guy to step in the first game and be available to make eight, 10 catches a game and be a difference maker. You know, think about Amari Cooper, okay? He played hurt the last five, six games. Did you ever think if he didn't play when he didn't play, they had like nothing? Peoples-Jones was okay, but he wasn't. I mean, it was just like, you got to get another bona fide top of the wide receiver. You trade and you could get Cooper for a fifth round pick. I realize it's because of the big salary. I would work out whatever you can to go get DeAndre Hopkins or Brandon Cooks or somebody of that ilk that can play and help immediately. And so that's why I say I think you're more apt to have a second round defensive tackle make an impact than a second round wide receiver. Because usually a second round wide receiver isn't Jackson Smith Najigwa or Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson, you know, or Traylon Burks. Those guys are long gone in the first round most of the time. So if you had those two, I think you got to get one in a trade or free agency. And I would even like a veteran star defensive tackle that you know what you're getting from day one. I mean, I thought Perry and Winfrey was going to be better than he was, but again, he was a rookie and you don't know what you're getting with a rookie. You need, especially when you're not drafted until the second round. So you need to get some of these main guys in free agency, restructure some contracts so you have money to go get somebody in wide receiver or defensive tackle or wherever. All right. Uh, we got some great questions I still want to get to, so we're going to roll kind of fast here. Killer Shot asked, thoughts on Jim Leonard, um, ex-Brown, uh, Wisconsin coach. Um, real quick here, Fred, any thoughts about uh, him maybe being the defensive coordinator of the future for the Browns? I like him. I mean, I liked him when he was here. Mike Patton brought him in to be a safety. Hard-nosed, tough, don't know much about. It. I think Wisconsin, they play hard and tough. Again, I guess I'd kind of like a guy that's already been coaching at the NFL level and immediately has that presence. See, I think a Jim Schwartz or Flores steps on in Berea and day one, they hit the ground running. Um, not saying Leonard couldn't or a new guy couldn't, but it's different in my opinion. I just want a proven system. Boom, day one. Yep. Um, Warpath asks, he's got a crazy question. So if we're prime members on Twitch, do we have privileges on the website? Uh, no, unfortunately, no integration between the two. Uh, nothing I can do there. Sorry about that. Um, let's go. Ram love. Good to hear from you, Ram. Uh, he says Brown seven sacks, five on the QB per, uh, PFF. Can the offensive line learn to block for Watson's game? Boy, I hope so. They looked like uh, they looked horrible on Sunday. Well, yeah, I don't know what the offensive line was supposed to be so great, 
And I thought it deteriorated this year. Mm-hmm. You had, and you committed to Betonio, uh, Teller, Conklin, long-term, big money. And I'm not too sold on Wills at left tackle. And then we have the center situation. So I don't know. I think Teller, I'm hopeful that it was just he was had a nagging injury that he played through. Conklin, I think that he'll be better. But I think as far as they're better in run blocking, and I think with Watson you need to be better with pass blocking. And so they got to get that ironed out here and get on the same page because that game the other night against Steelers looked very similar to the Baker Mayfield game a year ago. I mean, I didn't see much difference. Nobody could stop you know, their rush, and they just controlled the game. And teams are going to do that, especially with a passing quarterback. So, yeah, I think that I think that uh, the offensive line really needs to be – you can't change much because you already just extended all of them. So you just got to really work on pass blocking and getting on the same page, knowing what Watson's doing, that he can scramble around back there. All right. Uh, another question from Amatora. I'm just going to say, hey, we can't get to this one today uh, because there's so many players that we're going to go through. But I guarantee you we're going to go through this roster on a show. We're going to go through every single player and uh, tell you which ones we think are going to come back, which ones are on the bubble and all that. We do it every single year. So uh, we're going to handle that some other time. Um Fumble 13 wants to talk about free safety, uh, brings back the memories of Tom Darden, who was a ball hawk at free safety, and asks, do we think he could alleviate the problems in, not, not Tom Darden, but a player like him, uh, alleviate the problems in the safety room? Uh, they have the strong safety, but not, not a true free safety uh, like they had back in the old days. Any thoughts on that, Fred? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm looking for that with a new defensive coordinator. I mean, I don't I don't really think they had a free safety on this team. You know, they had, you know, Delpit was more of a run stopper. I don't know what John Johnson really was. I don't know if he'll be back. Um, I like that guy back there that's the center, like Minka Fitzpatrick, whatever he is, you know, that goes all over the field and get makes plays, you know. And so that's what they need is is a ball hawk. I agree with that. I grew up watching Tom Darden, and I think that pl- they need a guy like that back there. All right, fair enough. Uh, another from Fumble 13, Felton, Schwartz, Harrison, the safety, I'm assuming, Togiai, any of them on this team next year? So there's a, we've got a firing squad, and we've got to take a couple of them out. Uh uh, any of those that you predict will be uh, on the team on the 53-man roster in 2023, Fred? Depending what they do at wide, or yeah, wide receiver, I think they will not give up on Schwartz because of his speed. Um, but it's a make or break. I mean, again, he didn't do nothing this year. Again, I, I did talk to Felton the other day, and before he went to see. Stefanski and he said I just really have to know you know what my you know what am I a running back wide receiver you don't you had me I could never concentrate on one thing so but I don't know I don't know if they would bring him back I mean they're all under contract except Harrison so yeah I think they bring him back but I don't know if they make the team yeah Togi I actually graded out really well uh in the uh in the last game but I think he only played three snaps so 
can't tell can't can't tell too much from that. This last question, I wanted to make sure that we got to it. This from Sugon D's one writes us from the Twitch chat room. He says, "Yo, you guys are mad old. What was Blockbuster really like back then?" Uh, and I can tell you for sure, uh, you had to get there early on Fridays because that's when the new movies came out. If you didn't get there early, they would all be sold out uh, of the of the good new movies on Friday early. Uh, so you had to have you know your wife or some sort of uh, hired hand go out there and snag the new movies early, uh, or else you know you were just going to be out of luck, and uh, you would have to be kind and rewind. That's all. You I still say. got your membership card? Uh, I still have late fees. I think due to due to Blockbuster. So <laughs> there we go. But any other hints we can give uh, from our perspective as old people, we're happy to do. It's one of the services we provide here on OBR Weekly. And uh, that'll do it for this show. Uh, thank you very much for attending. We had a great audience tonight. Great questions, as always. Uh, appreciate you turning out. Hope we see you again next week. Uh, for Fred Breatham, I'm Barry McBride. We'll see you next Wednesday night here on OBR Weekly. Good night, everybody. Thank you. See you. <laughs>